Hello and welcome to another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight Podcast, your home for interviews with authors, illustrators, editors, and other industry insiders from the world of self-publishing. I'm Sam Saddam, joined by my co-host, Jasmine Gale. Hey, folks. How are you feeling about not being the only Jasmine on our podcast this month? You know, Sam, it's actually quite relieving. Our guest this week is Jasmine Womack. She's the CEO of The Impact Group and a self-publishing writing consultant. Jasmine has been featured in Forbes magazine twice and dubbed the Harriet Tubman of the author and self-publishing space. She has helped over a thousand authors publish their books. She's also written several books of her own, including Published and Paid, Write Self-Publish, and Launch Your Nonfiction Book in 90 Days or Less. We're so glad that she can join us. She told us how she got started on her journey building a business and helping other writers. Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I'm a former educator. So I taught language art middle school for 12 years. And around my 10th year of teaching, I brought my goal to fruition and I wrote and self-published my book. I actually had been a goal of mine for about 10 years. And I think that due to my profession, I was always overthinking the process, you know, like trying to edit as I go and all those things until... Um, I was at home on bed rest with my son and I said, you know what? I need to have something completed for, for this time that I'm home. I have the time and it's time for me to get out of my head. And it was with the simple shift of my mindset that I actually went from struggling for 10 years to finishing my first book in two weeks. <laughs> and then um, I moved forward to self-publish it. And that was literally the beginning of where I am now. <laughs> so why did you decide to self-publish it specifically? You didn't want to wait for the traditional publishing process? I knew that I wanted full control. Like I didn't want to deal with the middleman. I didn't want to deal with being potentially put on the back burner. I didn't want to have to deal with agents or anything like that and potentially waiting years for my book to come out. I just knew that I didn't want to deal with that. I knew that I wanted to learn the process. I wanted to control the process. Um, and I wanted to have all of my royalties. I wanted all of my money. <laughs> so that's why I went with self-publishing. I'm curious to know, because you uh, talked about publishing, self-publishing your own books, 20 Pearls of Wisdom, and that was published like six years ago. And yes, that was sure. my first book. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's been a pretty wild six years since then. I'm curious if there are any pearls that may that you think may be outdated or have changed your perspective on now. I don't think that anything is outdated because it that particular book was focused on personal growth and development. Um, I do think that uh, well, I do feel as though my perspective on things has changed. You know, just with age and maturity, I definitely feel as if I have a lot more to offer now, especially now being a a mother of two children you know, being married for seven, eight years, what would I go back to tell my younger self? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, 15, almost 20 years ago, you know, so I would write it from that perspective as opposed to writing it somewhat fresh out. <laughs> so do you ever go back to make edits or are you just focused on the next book? Um, with that book, I'm actually planning to rewrite it and re-release it under a different title, but keep the same 
keep the same principles, but update some of the content um, in 2023. However, that was the book that helped me to start my business. So from that book, I started doing workshops. From that book, I actually started speaking because people, I talked about it on social media. People, people would bring me in or invite me to speak at their events. That From that book, I created an online challenge. And then that is what actually paved the way for me to actually go into coaching and even at the time offering self-publishing services of my own back then. So that book actually started it all. So I haven't in recent times gone back to add to it. I did say I was going to relaunch it in 2023, but I did move forward to write additional books. You mentioned that with your first book, it went from like 10 years to two weeks and how there was a lot of mental hangups that you've like shifted. Can you explain what kind of mental hangups that shifted and how that might relate to other self-publishers? Oh, absolutely. You know, I come from the, from academia, you know, I went through college, had several degrees, taught language arts, you know, was the writing coach at my school and all of the things. And so when it came to actually writing my book, it was hard for me in the beginning to yield to the creative process because I was trying to perfect things as I was writing. Even though I was very well aware of the writing process, very well aware of, you know, polishing and publishing manuscripts or whatnot because I taught it. <laughs> but when I actually sat down to write, it was just, you know, say the second guessing and the doubts, is this good enough? Does this sound this, oh, I didn't use the correct word or uh, I should have worded that sentence like this or, you know, all of those types of things. And then there were also just um, not just the doubts with the writing process, but you know how like when you know something, but you're not really doing what you know you need to be doing. <laughs> so, you know, just coming from that space of integrity and wanting to make sure that I was actually being what I was writing about as well. So for me, it was um, a lot of personal growth and development, as well as, you know, um, mindset and confidence building when it came to the writing process. So the way that I went from struggling for 10 years to two weeks was that I, I, I prayed. I'm a, I, I believe in the power of prayer. And so I prayed and I literally just let all of the beliefs, the perfectionism, I just let it all go. And I said, I'm going to write what I know. I had my outlines. I knew what I needed to write. I knew all the points I was going to make. And I just, I just yielded. So I just sat down. I typed out everything that I needed to type out without worrying about trying to make it perfect as I was writing. I said, you know what? I'm just going to pay the editor. And when I get to the editing, that's when I'll polish it and perfect it. That's awesome. Having a process where you just decide to let go, confront doubt and perfectionism and just yield into. Is that the primary focus of what a writing coach does? <laughs> That's a great question. So I believe that a, a writing coach serves several roles and purposes, definitely to help the client figure out what their goals are and get really, really clear on what your goals are, not just for the book, but beyond the book. Like, what do you want this book to do for you? What type of impact do you want to make with this book? How do you want this book to serve, you know, your writers? And how you want 
the result, how do you want to, you know, benefit from your work as well? Um, so a writing coach helps to provide the strategy, the structure, and definitely, you know, the systems to help the client become successful with the writing. And in that, yes, there's the mindset um, piece of it as well. What would you say is the primary difference between what you do as a writing coach and say an agent? Well, with a writing coach, as a writing coach, I work primarily with my client. With with agent work, they go to, you know, uh, speak to other people to open up doors for the author. And that is not the work that I do. I primarily work with the clients, with the writers themselves, so that they can project manage their whole entire process and bring their goals to fruition on their own terms. So it's just sort of coming at it from a different angle compared to the agent where they're going through the traditional model that already exists, where you're saying, nope, just let's figure it out and you'll push it forward ourselves. Absolutely. So in that, of course, it's not just the writing and self-publishing process, but there's also the marketing piece. There's the launching Mm -hmm. piece, your sales strategy, um, and how you, again, intend to monetize. You know, what what are your plans for visibility and creating a strategy for those as well? Well, I notice that you do focus a lot on nonfiction. Is that because of your academic background that that was just where your expertise lays? Or is it just that fiction is just too different of a beast to handle? Well, it was just a personal preference. I Mm. believe that the riches are in the niches, you know, the riches are in the niches. So I didn't want to work with any and everybody. I'm like, I I knew that my, my personal passion was personal growth, professional growth and development. And that's where I shine. And so with just leveraging my own strengths, I decided to really, really lean into helping other authors who wanted to excel in that area as well. When I wrote my first book and then I actually started helping others through the self-publishing process, at that time, I did used to work with, you know, authors of uh, varying genres or whatnot. And it was um, through that process, I realized I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I realized that I did not want to do that. And that um, in terms of me and my own success and what I was best able to help people be successful at with monetizing their books, it was definitely in that nonfiction space. You mentioned earlier that like uh, part of the process is helping the authors create a marketing strategy. Um, And on your website, it describes to do that through powerful storytelling. But that can be difficult to do as a writer who is so embedded in your own story. How does someone turn their book into a powerful marketing storytelling narrative? What kind of advice do you have for that? Well, I believe that your book is full of stories. Your life is full of stories and you can share stories every single day without divulging all of your personal information. And so I actually teach my clients something uh, called the story method to create engaging content and create engaging captions. And um, and so by using this method, it's a five-part method to create content. They're able to identify pain points that their readers may be or their cl- potential clients may be faced with and share um, an event or share a memory along with strategy to get their prospects into a part of their funnel. Um, and so 
um, using that strategy has worked very, very well. And it results in getting people from turning people from onlookers to buyers. Um, But I think that people, I think that a lot of authors tend to overcomplicate marketing. And especially in 2022, (laughs) where you have the reels, where you have all the platforms and it's like, what do I do? Where do I do it? What do I post? How do I show up? And I think that the best way to show up nowadays is just honestly being authentic. Like there's, you don't have to do anything overcomplicated or extremely special. What you need to do is be willing to show up and share what you're doing. So whether that's you're taking a shot of you at your computer and say, hey, this is what I'm working on. You know, make look out for my book is coming, you know, uh, in spring 2023 and just beginning to share different bits and pieces of your everyday life. That's going to get the attention of people because they see you posting consistently. They see you doing things consistently. I mean, and before I came up with any type of formula, honestly, all I did was share what I was doing and people bought into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and people began to follow me and people began to say, hey, you know, I see you work and I see what you're doing. It's extremely motivating. It's extremely exp- inspiring. And of course, as long as I was consistent over time, people began to know me for a certain thing because I just simply shared it all the time. And so when they needed help with it, then they started reaching out to me or referring me to other people because you know what? Hey, I know that there's this girl named Jasmine. She's always talking about this or she's always sharing this. She might be able to help you. And so that's initially how my business grew was literally through word of mouth and referrals from people who would just see me posting simple posts every single day. Well, I'm curious a thousand authors in then what, (laughs) you know, what are the uh, success stories they've had? Any specific ones you want to share? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yes. So I do online workshops often. A lot of my workshops are free. And so I've had some um, some authors that have recently participated in my Start Your Book Skyrocket Your Coaching Business workshop who had been stuck on their book for years, had, you know, started, stopped it, started, stopped it, went through this whole cycle for years and literally came out with their outline and with their books written by the end of our workshop. And our workshop went about nine or 10 days. Um, I've had clients that I've worked with directly, like paying clients who, you know, were previously published authors. They had written books. They had gone the traditional route, um, didn't have, um, they didn't have control over anything. They weren't making the money. They weren't seeing where the money was coming. So they chose to work with me to write and self-publish their own books or whatnot. And then they began to build on the back end of their books, launching coaching programs. And so one of my clients uh, shouts out to Dr. Ramon. He actually retired his wife um, and made over $200,000 in one year of working with us just by implementing the strategy, selling his you know books in bulk, being able to articulate his value in the marketplace. You know, um, being able to partner with colleges and universities, they would buy bulk orders of his book and then bring him in to do uh, workshops and some consulting work as well. 
It's a really great story, and it really uh, illustrates, I think, what we're trying to draw out as part of this podcast more generally is the idea of how professional self-publishing is in a different class than self-publishing as it was known for the first hundred thousand years or so yes. of publishing. <laughs> and it seems like you're definitely yes. uh, you know, on the same wavelength there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, decades passed, and even still today, like we see some self-published books that look very amateur. <laughs> and if you want to build a professional brand and a business in conjunction with your book, you absolutely need to have a you need to look professional. Like your book needs to look on the level of which you want to build your brand and be paid. And so there definitely is a difference. I always I I coin it during some of my workshops like the average author versus the six-figure storyteller, <laughs> you know, and so average authors, you know, have a certain appearance. Um, They haven't really invested in their branding or whatnot. Their books look amateur. They don't have the detailed synopsis on the back. They may have <laughs> 15 different colors and fonts on their on their book cover, you know, Um, and those types of things are definitely going to cause you to lose opportunities and potential readers, right? However, when you step into being a six-figure storyteller or an affluent author, you know, there are certain elements of branding that you have, especially in pertaining to, uh, as it pertains to nonfiction, you definitely have a, a title and a crystal clear subtitle as well. You're clear on who you're writing to. You're clear on the problem that you're solving in the marketplace. And you learn how to confidently articulate um, the solutions that you provide and you're not scared to show up because you know that your purpose, you know, with putting your story out there and sharing your expertise is so much more important than the fear that you have in not doing it. I really love that. Um, a lot of people underestimate the value of like proper marketing and positioning yourself professionally. Um, what would you tell a self-publishing author right now who is showing up, doing the work, but they find themselves struggling with their marketing? get some help. <laughs> like, to be honest, like, you know, you, one of the things that I personally feel has led to my success is that I was always coachable and I was never too afraid or too ashamed to either research or pay <laughs> for the uh, for the guidance that I needed. You understand? So I, I knew that in order for me to get to a certain level, then there was going to have to be an increase in, in, in learning because I only knew what I knew and I couldn't go to different levels that I wanted to go to with my limited knowledge. So that means that, you know, I started out honestly by just buying books. You know, I went to Amazon searching books about marketing. Like I learned very early on, probably when my book was first released, I said, okay, if I want to master this, if I want to be successful, I'm going to have to master marketing. I knew absolutely nothing about marketing, but I was a classroom teacher. They don't teach marketing. You know, I wasn't teaching marketing in a language arts classroom. Like, you know, I didn't go to school for that or I didn't have any type of formal training. And so my first for me, I stay off of YouTube because I did not want to go down a YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> and I would just purchase, I would find some different coaches and maybe purchase some $15, $20 audio classes on marketing. 
and apply it to what I was doing. I would also, I created a swipe file. So I looked at, I would, you know, see people on social media whose marketing I enjoyed. And I would just begin to save their images. I'm like, okay, I really like this particular look. You know, I would like for my brand to look like this in the next six months, in the next year, in the next two years or whatnot. And I began to study, right? So I began to, I'm like, okay, what what puts, what's the difference between my marketing and their marketing? <laughs> you know, like how are they able to get these opportunities? Like, because I would like those opportunities too. So let me see what they're doing. Not from a way to copy or not to allow imposter syndrome to come in, but because they were doing something that I wasn't doing and I needed to learn. So I began to create, you know, that swipe file or whatnot. So I could see the the difference in messaging, the difference in language, the the ways that they spoke to their audience and, you know, how I needed to probably speak to my audience and show up to get certain types of clientele. I also began reading books about marketing. I began listening to podcasts. Amy Porterfield's uh, Marketing Made Easy was probably the very first podcast I started listening to. But because she was talking about marketing, I would take notes. <laughs> And I would go and begin to implement the things that I learned was from her podcast. I began to learn about email list building and things like that. Um, Dan Kennedy. I learned about Dan Kennedy's books from some podcast. Somebody was on there talking about marketing. And they said that that the question was, how did they grow their business to like multi-millions in X amount of time? They said they studied marketing. Dan Kennedy was the king. They purchased all his books. I said, okay, well, let me look up Dan Kennedy and start purchasing all of his books. You know, like, and so you have to find people that are doing the things that you want to do on the level that you want to do them and start doing the things that they're doing. That doesn't mean that you, that doesn't mean in any way that you copy them like you don't copy and do the things that they're doing, but you look at the habits that they have, the books that they're reading, you know, um, the type of workshops that they're attending because people share everything on social medias, <laughs> you know. So, you know, you just begin to learn in that way um, and be open to doing things differently than what you've done them, than how you've done them before or how you've done them in the past. Because one of the things I always tell, you know, um, clients or people that are interested in working with me, I'm like, listen, if you knew everything, <laughs> you've gotten the res- you would have gotten the result, you know, and so you haven't gotten the results that you desire. So you have to allow yourself to be coachable and learn new things and learn how to new how to do new things in a different way. Well put. I like your very scientific approach to to figuring this all out. Uh, and that makes me curious. Uh, you mentioned off air that you recommended book baby in the past to some of your clients. Uh, do you recall like what specifically caught your attention about book baby and what it is that we did that then made us into a trusted referral? Before I self published my first book, I had um, found you all online, <laughs> and I had also met or had a few clients that had used your services previously that said great things about the services or whatnot. Um, And so I knew that for people that were looking for a one-stop shop, like maybe they didn't want to know how to self-publish their books on their own, right? They wanted to outsource those services. I knew that BookBaby was a reliable resource because I do teach people the process, right? But some people, they just don't want to do it on their own. So 
<laughs> and I don't I don't publish books uh, for the general public anymore. I publish them for certain clientele. But for just the general public, who can I go to to do this, do this? Oh, this is a great resource for you. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, Book Baby does offer tons of services to get self-publishers distributing their books. Um, can we expect any other books or events from you, Jasmine? Awesome. Yes. Well, I have Six Figure Storyteller Live. It's always held the third to fourth weekend in October. And so Six Figure Storyteller Live is a three-day live event for aspiring in progress and published authors and emerging coaches who desire to lay the foundation to write their best-selling book and build a multi-six-figure coaching program. So that's coming out in um, October. Um, and we're almost sold out. So I'm really excited about that. And I have a book coming out, but it's a secret right now because of when I'm going to release it, (laughs) but it's called the six figure storyteller method. And I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about it as well. All right. That was Jasmine Womack. Be sure to follow her at the Jasmine Womack on social media. Back down to one Jasmine now. And I'm curious what stood out to you the most from our conversation. You know, I really like when she mentioned how years of perfectionism stalled her for 10 years and then like a transition to two weeks because of her belief in herself. It's pretty remarkable what a shift that can bring about. Um, What about you? I jotted down a few things about what she said. Uh, I really thought one of the most important things was uh, be clear on who you're writing to. I think some of our authors uh, who are in this for the first time are really trying to reach as broad an audience as possible and their writing reflects that. But those generalities are actually limiting in themselves because it's so much harder to then prove your value, if that makes any sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. I know a lot of writers who think like this, but tell me more about what you've been seeing. I mean, just if your book is is a mile wide, it's going to be an inch deep. That's just the limitation that you're going to have. What is your value then if you're only going that deep? You know, there are certainly books like that, but the traditional publishers are going to dominate that arena by sheer force of size, I think. Then if you go the opposite direction, you might be too niche and, you know, to find a substantial audience there. Uh, so you need to really find that middle ground where you're talking about a topic that you have the expertise on and at a depth that doesn't lose people. And you have to keep that in mind the whole time as to who your audience is, because that's going to have a big effect on the writing itself. Definitely makes the marketing yet easier if the author already knows who their audience is. Yeah, without a doubt. And more efficient since you're not wasting money targeting ads towards people who are less likely to read your book in the first place. Exactly. Are you reading any good books lately, Sam? I am. I just started Chad Harback's The Art of Fielding, which has been on my to-read list for several years, but got bumped up thanks to our colleague's recommendation. Thank you, Joe. I also wanted to give a shout out to the good people at Gardner Design. Congratulate them on the release of their 13th volume of their popular series, Logo Lounge. It's the fourth one that they've done with us. Uh, and these are really cool and impressive design books. Uh, they showcase some of the, the the great graphic design work and with interesting case studies. Uh, what have you been reading, Jess? Ironically enough, I'm reading The Art of Storytelling by <laughs> Hannah B. Harvey. It's filled with 24 lectures on effective storytelling dynamics. It's only available on Audible. So if you're into audiobooks, give it a listen. 
All right. Well, that'll wrap up another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight. Thanks so much to Jasmine Womack for joining us this month. Thanks also to our producer, Chad. And everyone, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you want to professionally self-publish your book with Book Baby, check us out at bookbaby.com. Email us at info at bookbaby.com or give us a call at 877-961-6878. And until next time, so long.